Hey everybody, this is John Fusco, and you're listening to the No Film School Podcast. Some would say that Jim Cummings' journey to winning this year's South by Southwest Grand Jury Prize for Best Narrative Feature started back in 2016 when his short film, Thunder Road, won the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance. And yes, the short, which many consider to be one of the greatest of all time, was the source for their feature adaptation. But in reality, Jim's journey to South by Southwest royalty started long before Thunder Road. And while he's certainly the star of this film, it would also be unfair to say that Jim made his journey alone. Between Jim, the film's creative director Danny Madden, and producer Ben Weissner, the tight-knit crew behind the film have worked together on projects at South by Southwest for the last seven years in a row. In 2018, their production company, Ornana, not only was in Austin representing Thunder Road, but was also responsible for the Vimeo Staff Pick award-winning short Krista. Mere hours after winning their respective awards, the team was already at it again, creating a video and launching a Kickstarter for the feature-length version of Krista. Even with that grand jury prize from Sundance at their disposal, Jim and crew found it impossible to find anyone who would produce their feature, but that didn't stop them. It just fueled the fire more. Thunder Road, which tells the story of an eccentric police officer whose mourning over his mother's death leads to disastrous consequences, is the result of a decade of strong team building, work ethic, and an unrelenting desire to get stories told. Joining me on the podcast today are several members of the producing team that made it happen, Ben Weisner, Natalie Metzger, and Matt Miller, cinematographer Lowell Meyer, who himself had three projects in competition at the festival, and of course, writer, director, and actor, Officer Arnaud himself, Jim Cummings. We discuss all aspects of production which surround their mantra. Don't wait for somebody to make your movie. Do it yourself. Hey everybody, this is John Fusco, and I am here with many of the crew members, the director of the Grand Jury Prize award-winning movie, Thunder Road. I'm going to let you guys introduce yourself so that the audience can get uh, familiar with your voices. Hi, I'm Jim Cummings. I'm the writer, actor, and director. Hi, I'm Lowell Meyer. I'm the cinematographer. I'm Natalie Metzger. I'm one of the producers. I'm Benjamin Wiesner. I'm also one of the producers. I'm Matt Miller, and I'm the executive producer. So I'll just start off by saying congratulations. You guys won last night. How does it feel? <laughs> this has been a long uh, road. It, okay, so it feels incredible, but we feel exhausted. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the best answer. Uh, yeah, so we won last night, and in the interim... We launched a Kickstarter campaign for another feature film based on a short film. Uh, we, we released, released that, short, that film short film with Vimeo. Uh, <laughs> because it won a staff, staff pick, pick premiere award, the inaugural award. Two of our, at least two of our team members for Thunder Road were key members of that, that short film. Lowell uh, shot it. Lowell shot it. And Danny uh, directed and wrote it with his and brother then, Lowell. And then Matt, Jim, and I all EP'd. Yeah. And we'll, we'll axe in both Krista and Thunder Road. We share a lot of crew with each other. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of want to ask about that. Like, what, what did it take to build this team? How many years in the making is this where you're now kind of a machine almost? Yeah. Uh, so Danny, who is the creative director of Thunder Road, who was my eyes and ears whenever I was in front of the camera and also the sound designer of the movie uh, I've known him for 12 years which is crazy I met him as a freshman in college at Emerson um, I've known Ben for 8 years something like that 
Pretty uh, new. We started an animation collective together. We did a bunch of short films, some of which played at South by Southwest. Uh, Danny's feature, Euphonia, screened here in 2013. Um, yeah. Between the three of us, we've had work down here the last seven years in a row together. Um, so that was kind of one of the cores. And then um, it was just like slowly adding different crew members, uh, Matt Miller, produced uh, Grief of Others by Patrick Wang, which was in competition down here in 2015, which we, Jim and I produced as well, and Danny was a uh, production designer on. And so he kind of introduced us into the Vanishing Angle family. And then we met Natalie through that, uh, and she came on to produce our series of single-take short films that Lowell shot and Matt also executively produced. Uh, our production designer, Charlie Texter, comes through a lot of that uh, music videos. And then we did the first feature we did with him was when we produced 13 cameras. Um, and, but then he was uh, production designer for a lot of the Minute series as well. And I remember actually we met before South by two years ago, but I remember specifically at South by Southwest 2016. In the men's room. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't need to talk about that now. But, no, let's uh, get into it. Uh, the, in 2016, South by, I had shot a short, and uh, that's when Thunder Road, the short, was there as well. And I remember really connecting and yeah. hearing you talk about minutes at that, and yeah. our sort of working relationship went from yeah. there. Long story short, a bunch of different ways. That's yep. how you get the team together. You just keep making stuff. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to lead with this, but, you know, you mentioned the long shots, how you did a series of long so shot shorts. So I'm just wondering what it is about the visual, like, language of a long shot that's attractive to you as an artist. Uh, yeah. Well, I always liked Alfonso Cuaron's movies and Tarkovsky's movies. I think that long takes obviously make you feel like you're present in the scene. There's no editing, so it's very difficult. Um, it's much more challenging, and I just like the challenge of it. Um, actually, Matt produced a feature called Too Late that has five single takes in it that are long takes. Uh, and so, I mean, it was just like a no-brainer to work together on these two series that we did of long takes. Um, I like it. The aesthetic is great. It makes you feel like you are, like you are right there with the characters. And um, it's very difficult and impressive for an audience to, to watch. And I feel like that's lacking in cinema. And so, I don't know, we wanted to... I feel like you can hide bad filmmaking in editing, and you can't do that with long takes. Right? There's something about the uh, acting, too, though, because it puts people in kind of a theater space. But the advantage, even beyond live theater, is that you get to do a scene 12, 13 times for these bigger long takes if you need it. And by the time that you get to that point, everybody just has this rehearsal, rehearsal, rehearsal that you'd never get if you have to set up the lights 15 times for those three minutes of film. And the, the, the adrenaline that's on set when everyone is trying to make it perfect and no one wants to be the person that screws up that, that long take, it's, it's a really special adrenaline and, and energy where everyone is just like, we need to make this thing perfect. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of special. And it makes everyone, like, I think it just heightens everyone's um, intention. It's so much fun to like get it. And then like we, we, we all cut. And then we turn to the rest of the crew like, do we get it? Should we, <laughs> like, do we get to watch it now? We watch it all as a crew. And it's just like, yeah, oh my God, that moment's great. That moment's great. And it's like, I think we got it. Moving on. It's like <laughs> this fun like sport or something, you know? It also, I think, makes every member of the crew feel that much more validated in, in what they're contributing to the shot and like a live theater show it's like even the person yeah. pulling the curtain feels like oh man I got it I got it at the right time perfect that was great and so like 
you know, we couldn't have made those shots without like the dolly grip, without the key PAs locking everything up, without the gaffer on the dimmer cues. But you know, just like the first AC got alone, like MJ yeah. crushed it. So it's MJ. Like, you know, every member of the crew, just like like Natalie says, just like rises to the occasion in such a beautiful way so that when you are behind the monitor it feels like oh everyone was it's a part so of this movie yeah for sure and there's immediate satisfaction because you immediately get to see it and like and the whole film is there it's it's that's kind of like really special to be able to like have everyone be able to see it immediately yeah and uh i was talking to Lil last night and i was kind of like struck by how you guys shot in how many days shot in 15 15, 15 yeah. days Four, 14, 14 and a half, half. 14 yeah. and a half yeah. the, the producers <laughs> <laughs> we had a rap party for the other half day so you know that's how you thank a good crew that's right yeah. that's right and do you think that um, you know shooting with long takes kind of made it uh, uh, speedier in that sense where like you once you got the you could move on and you'd have a whole chunk of the film just like done and ready to go uh, or? Yeah, you speak I don't to think that. so I mean I having done a, a ton of long take stuff because I think every Vanish Angle has had it like Amir and Sam is like a 15 minute take in the middle and of course In the Family has oh my god like endless long takes yeah. um, and I think there's a fallacy and everybody thinks that they can be a quicker setup to do that um, but as Natalie said earlier like or, you're doing like 15 of these takes or something and so you, because you have to do so many takes it, it cuts away that efficiency that you might get otherwise um, I think what made it achievable in 15 days was the strength of this crew and the fact that um, Jim as a, a leader incites a certain energy on set and then there's a certain professional that comes with it and then there's a certain sort of hand having everybody have worked together and so, you know, the ability to shoot what, like 10 pages a day sometimes? Is, yeah. it, that's where it comes from. Yeah, we've gotten, yeah, we've gotten very good at it. And so because of that, it saves us time. But generally, no. Like, it, it, it's not, it, it doesn't save time very much on set. It definitely saves time in the editing room. Like, mm. if you're trying to do a rough cut of it, you can just put this block in. It's like, cool, that's the first, you know, 15 <laughs> yeah. minutes Because we had, we had a full rough cut three days after we wrapped this film. That's <laughs> But I would argue that it adds time and sound and, and color. Oh, for sure, yeah. And that's the editing Though, of the movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, doing all the VFX to cover up, like, small things like a you know a wire that's hanging out of you know somebody's uh, mic pack or something like that like all of that stuff that you can't really control because it's you know five minutes into a shot um, it does take more time um, but really that's I don't know it, it's yeah it's less time on the day but you're always gonna have that in, think, in big movies well I think what's funny and, and why it was made in the time it was is a testament to sort of like Jim's working style like Jim to me is someone who is like go 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 and like like it's kind of like in your award speech you were saying like he just wants to make movies and make them now and like he will he will not wait for anyone to do to do it and like i think it it then forces all of us to be like all right we're running the marathon with the fastest marathon runner in the world right now and everyone better get on board I am and so like sorry. well no 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 but it's funny like for example i always remember like jim on set has a phrase pencils down like everyone pencils down like we're shooting and and it and <laughs> you know it, it's there's a fun uh, excitement to like how fast i think jim likes to work and how we all sort of like kind of collectively uh, keep to and like that that's kind of what helps us get through the days too and I would also add to that that like the amount of preparation that went into this yep. film like we we wouldn't have been able to shoot it in 15 days if like 
Jim hadn't prepped it so intensely. Like not only with just like directing, like in terms of like really like visualizing the, visualizing the shots, knowing exactly like where he wanted, what he wanted, when, but also like with his character and with like rehearsing himself to death. Like he was always rehearsing. If you if you walked into a coffee shop, you would see him in a corner talking to himself, just like rehearsing the lines. Um, and so and so he had every single little mannerism down so that we would never have to redo a take because of performance, you know. And so and so that that really helped, and he um, that that preparation made it possible. Yeah. But it's a culture of preparation. I mean, that's something that like was so key in all of our department heads. Lowell just had like spot on diagrams of every room we were going to be shooting in, everything like that. The amount of prep that yeah. our department had to make sure that when we got into a space, it was just we were rolling it out. Yeah, and, and like I think really like just the fact that all of our backgrounds are in production, and like we had four producers on this film and a couple of associate producers who were able to run and rush, and, and we all knew exactly how many shots that we needed. With long takes, you don't really have to say, oh, well, we should just get this just to get it, you know. So let's like spend some time lighting this. It was like we got it, we got to move on. Like that's the entire scene. We knew exactly what needed to be in the frame at all times, and that's why we were able to do it in such little time. I think Thank a special watching. special call out to Lowe's binders. <laughs> yeah, oh very God. meticulous I feel like I never find them on set. I'm always like the old man, like, where'd I put my binders? <laughs> What's but, in uh, those binders? Honestly, the script, uh, right? Because we always <laughs> want to be focusing on that and making sure we're, we're making, uh, doing justice to that. But like overhead diagrams, you know, like the efficiency of it comes from being able to relay everything to the crew. So it's like making everything as crystal clear, visualized, so the key grip or whoever can just like look at it and be like, yes, I know what I'm doing. Cool, thanks. But I like the mood board thing you do too in them. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll sometimes, like, the front of the binder will always have, like, all of our reference images. Jim and I spent a decent amount of time, like, in the shot listing period just going over, like, what movies inspire us, what we want this to look like. So I can literally just, like, look at the face of this binder and be like, oh, yeah, we're doing that scene. We're doing the, like, you know, blue moody scene or we're doing the sunny bright scene or whatever. Yeah. It's a playbook. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Like, we are, when we get to set, we're coaches and we have a team and we have to lead, you know, as well as make sure we're creative, you know, and, and focus on that as well. There was also, I heard that you guys did a few days um, before the entire crew came out. You had like yeah. a sort of skeletal thing and it actually ended up benefiting. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, like really uh, you benefit from that because you get everybody very quickly on the page. Like once once you start shooting something and you know it's going to be in the movie, then you're like, oh, that was, that was easy. You're no longer nervous to do it, especially with acting too. Just like, okay, this is the character and I'm confident. Like, okay, I did this once I just have to be that guy again and like I don't know it, it's a strange it's a strange shift but you you the gears of the clock end up running so much faster if you can afford to have two days that you might never use like the footage might never be used but we actually shot like the graveyard scene which yeah, is one of the strongest scenes. scenes in the movie on a day where it was literally a couple of us in this graveyard yeah. and yeah it's it's one of my favorite scenes well, in the movie and now. if I can speak for Danny Madden um, like our creative director one thing that I felt was really important to him and to all of us was that we established like a visual language for the movie. And I think those kind of two preemptive kind of like pickup days, if you want to call them that, like before the movie started, was kind of a, a way of establishing our visual language and finding it within kind of like a safe space before the crew is there. And so after those two days, we were like, yeah, we know exactly what this movie looks like and, and are that much more confident in, in what we need to do to, to make the movie happen. Your production's so light at that point, too. There were five of us going around in one vehicle. So we yeah. got to knock out 
six different locations that we never had to come back to. So when you're talking about two trucks that you have to unpack, load up, you're talking about just nine, ten hours of set time, almost a full day that we would have lost just to company moves, let alone shooting those scenes. Yeah, and I think I think one of the reasons why we wanted to do it was because when we were first when we were first initially scheduling, um, we knew that like obviously the schedule was going to be tight. We were going to be trying to get a lot of stuff in, and so just moving some of those like single scenes over to like some of those initial days just eased up on the schedule just enough where we knew that we had a buffer if we needed to like you know you know go into an extra day or or, or whatnot. And we we ended up not needing it, but like it that that breathing room really helped a lot. But we also, it gave us the advantage, we had some time in the last couple of days where we had it blocked out in case there were scenes that we needed to push, but because we had Brian Venucci on set editing every day and we had a cut of the film by those last two days, basically, we were able to add in, oh, we need this five second spacer here. This film is such a straight run through. Yeah. But by the time that you can see it, watch an 85% done cut by day 13 or 14 of production and then add in this moment, that moment, and you know exactly what it needs. It was like we were always ahead of our pickups. And what's cool is it was almost like dailies, but instead of watching fragmented takes, you're watching an assembly of each scene that we had shot the day prior. It was crazy. It was really it was like so magical. Cool. And it something. was so cool. And to have like the crew come in and everybody's interested and the footage looks so beautiful on its own. You literally like have Brian cutting in one room and then we get off of set after shooting all day, really cool stuff that we're pumped about. And then we get to go in and watch the like the fruit of our labor from the previous day and it works and everybody's just like hypnotized by it. just like, oh my God, we're making a movie. It, like helps, it helps inspire people know, and people get like, excited and then, and then want to do even better. Like, and so, it, yeah, it, it, it kind of goes back into that, that energy and that adrenaline that people had on set, that natural momentum. All the way through. I mean, we had amazing PAs who, at the end of a 12 and a half hour day, would hang out with us for four more hours just watching what we were doing because they're people who are trying to become the next generation of filmmakers and just having this ability to see the entire process happening in front of them instead of just having this be a person who you're sending on runs, this, that, or the other thing, but just like a deep respect that you have for every person as a filmmaker, as a collaborator. Yeah, Yeah. hands-on film school. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What was really cool too is we used our Airbnb as one of our locations is Jim's house. So in one room, they're literally editing in a bedroom while we're shooting in another bedroom. And and we can kind of like, me and my team could go to the editing bay and be like, wait, what did this scene look like? Like, how do we establish this? Let's just like look at the actual clip in the movie and then go back and keep lighting while everyone is so... Also, then again, like they're saying, like kind of hanging out as soon as we wrap. We're like watching a new cut. You know, it it's really was like Non-stop. this amazing like familial process where everyone's just like hanging out at the like what we called the grackle nest. <laughs> that was our kind of home base. They're terrible birds. Yeah, I, mean, I love the <laughs> local birds. Yeah. Oh, I, man. I, I, We've had a you long don't know them. history. Yeah, you don't yeah, know we, have, man. we literally have matching grackle tattoos right now. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah. We uh, had a South by Southwest bumper that we... Uh, Danny Madden animated back in, what was that, 2015 for The Midnighters, which uh, is a documentary about a <laughs> grackle attack in, in line for The Midnighters, and it's, uh, it's a horrific murder. I got it. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so then, you know, your your movie is so. Uh, what I really appreciated about it. Um, oh, I you've know, seen it. Yes, I've seen it. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it on. Uh, yeah, I didn't, opening opening day. Opening day. I saw oh, it okay, opening cool. Day. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, but I, I, what I really appreciated about it was the fact that you were still sort of like pushing like film language in a way that I hadn't seen before. Um, in terms of, there were a lot of monologues in the movie, and a it's lot of them. It, yeah. I talk all the fucking time. It's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's not terrible though. That's the thing. So it's like you're in a place in film history where mon like it's that, weird yeah that sort of thing just doesn't exist because i don't think the audience has the attention span for it for sure so like what do you do when you're writing when you're planning on shooting it to ensure that the audience is captivated by this you know however I say long it block out of a thousand times yeah i do it and uh yeah, I don't know. It is a weird thing. Like there, there are times in the movie where I'll, I'll tell stories. Like I, I mean, obviously the, the the short film is that. It's like I'm telling a story about guilt and regret and uh, my mom and Bruce Springsteen. Uh, and I don't know. For for this one, uh, it, it's strange. It's just like I find that to be so captivating. Somebody like in The Godfather, Michael tells a story about Luca Brasi um, and uh, and Don Corleone going to putting the gun to the guy's head, and he ends the, the monologue and he goes, uh, that's a true story. That's not me, that's my family. And it's like this really beautiful moment and it's so compelling, you're like just sucked into this guy's story. It's like, Jesus Christ, this, this dude's life, you know? And I don't know, I, I love that kind of filmmaking. It's captivating, it can become hypnotizing at times. Um, but no, in writing, I, I just do it a lot. I'll just like, I literally sometimes don't write anything down. I'll record it in an iPhone and then I'll just like keep working on it for days and days and just until it works for me. The pacing, um, uh, the, the improv, I'll like find nice moments like, oh, that has to go in. Um, yeah, things like that. It's just like, uh, I, I feel like the screenplay is, is, is so dead because it might read really well for dialogue on a page, but it doesn't sound good coming out of people's vocal cords. Mm -hmm. You just got to speak it out loud. I think. Well, one thing, or uh, one thing that I also found really fascinating—I had never seen a director do before—was um, Jim. Before in pre-production, he gave us the script, but then he also gave us like a podcast version. Like he had audio recorded the entire script <laughs> wow. and sent it to the crew. And I remember uh, before I, I flew to Austin to, to prep, I would just listen to that in the car and kind of familiarize myself with the, with the scene, which you can't really do with a written PDF. You, yeah, you yeah. can't be driving and reading. So I found it so fascinating and you, and you really get a sense of the movie that way. I thought that was so cool. I was like, I've never seen anybody do that. And, and he it's also so sends that to the other actors so that they can like really get a sense of like how he's imagining the pacing of the scene and, right. all, and all that stuff. And so just like it immediately gives a kind of context for what his vision is just like through the audio of it. It's like an audio lookbook, like on yeah. the stage. Yeah, exactly. And there's like music yeah. and sound design. It's like a really helpful medium. It's like audio visual. So it's like, that's the medium that we're gonna be ending up in. It's, I say, uh, if it's easy to misinterpret a text message, it's very easy to misinterpret a screenplay. Oh, and totally. so, yeah. That's a great analogy. I also think it helps, like part of why the visual language of the movie is the way it is, is I think we wanted to make sure that the monologues, you know, visually speaking are still, um, captivating and, and like there's there's a reason why the camera is never really static in the movie you know like just like in the short we're dollying we're zooming we're sliding we're booming like we always wanted the camera to be investigating and and kind of like moving with the monologues uh you know whether that was like 
specific to certain lines of dialogue, like when Morgan kind of says a scene, or sorry, she has a scene with opposite Jim, and she says a story, and as she's telling the story, there's just like the subtlest boom and slide in toward mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. and then... But the it's ca- such an important moment. It's yeah. Like, yeah you, you realize the importance of the scene through the camera work. It's, it's great. It's yeah, and we always just wanted to be like revealing, telling, kind of matching the emotion of what's happening in the scene. Well, it's also camera. like familial when it gets to that point, because it's like... Well, you're the brother, you're the sister. We're going to do the same monologue, like, same song. Uh-huh. Totally. Yeah, he's a family of storytellers. Yeah, yeah. yeah they <laughs> won't stop talking. Totally. Let's, uh, I mean, I like to ask this question to everybody. So just a very generic question. But if you had one piece of advice for upcoming filmmakers, uh, what would it be? Um, I think I would say, even if it's not true, you have to tell yourself every day that nobody is going to help you to make your movie. And you have to act like nobody's going to help you to make your movie. And the future of filmmaking is going to be people who do every job on a film set. And you have to get ready to be that kind of a filmmaker. And people come along and they help out. But don't listen to anybody that says you can't make a movie or you don't know how. You just have to do it yourself. Thunder Road's the story of a whole bunch of people saying no repeatedly and then... 30 crew members saying yes. And that's how we got this film here because we had a bunch of crew members who said yes. And I I think on top of that, train yourself to think that way and also work with people who also feel the same way. Uh, Because even though no one will help you, there are other people who (laughs) want to make movies of in your in your age range in your you know talent pool who will bend over backwards to to you know follow you into the trenches because it's their film too yeah yeah, yeah don't don't wait i think mm-hmm. is the key don't wait and then i would just say one more thing uh it's breaking the rules i know <laughs> uh, hey I'm a, I'm a filmmaker um <laughs> uh, waiting so you you brought up this thing to me at the Vimeo party fucking like forever ago that feels like um but you know you won the grand jury prize at Sundance with this short and you told me that you still had to take like 70 75 meetings people telling you no uh how did you go how did you get through that <laughs> is there anything that you can like any advice you can give to filmmakers who are dealing with rejection uh no i think you just did it i mean that the hearing that story is like Oh shit! Like it, it, these people couldn't even get their feature made. Like yeah. that's the market that we're in right now. Like don't wait for somebody to make your movie. Don't wait for somebody to make you relevant. Do it yourself. Yeah. Like it's 2018. This is a brand new landscape. Make something and put it on the internet, and people will like it. Yeah. Build your own audience. Sell directly to them. Run a Kickstarter campaign. We did one this morning. <laughs> Great. Well, I think it's a perfect case study exactly for that. And congratulations, guys. It was cool. an awesome Thanks, movie. man. Thanks and so much. check out the uh, Chris uh, yeah, Kickstarter campaign. Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Short to features. Yeah. Short to features. Yep. Yeah. Cool, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, go ahead and subscribe to the No Film School podcast on whatever podcast platform you choose. Give us a rating on iTunes or whatever that might happen to be. I'm John Fusco. You can follow me on Twitter at Jim underscore John underscore Jim. You can follow No Film School on Twitter at No Film School. And stay tuned Thursday for another episode of Indie Film Weekly.